This can be played at high volume. Live and local. This is the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Saturday. And you know what that means. Finally time for the world famous CD to step to the mic for two straight hours of no holds barred sports talk. It's better than Desperate Housewives. Are you ready? You better get ready. Yeah! Because Under the Dome with CD starts right now. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. And welcome back. Hour two of two is officially underway. And it's Under the Dome time with CD right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Appreciate you listening in to Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home. For the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana, obviously LSU Tigers—they've been put to bed, but they'll be back in the fall. Starting off with that big game against Florida State on a Sunday night. Cannot wait for that. We'll talk some more LSU in the next segment, barring anything out of the ordinary, because I think it's time to break out a new segment. I've sat around because obviously it's summertime. And I like to kind of experiment a little bit, it, you know, to steal a phrase from Bruce Dickinson from the more cowbell sketch. I like to explore the space a little bit, okay? So I like to see what interests me and really piece together some really cool segments. So this is one I've been sitting on for a while. I, I did this a while back. It was I did the Fave 5, then it kind of devolved into the Fave 5 picks to click back during the pandemic days. So I feel like bringing this out, and it's some power rankings. Every week I'm going to do during the summer, between now and more importantly, the start of fall camp, and once we get into high school football, it's going to go away. Summertime only. I'm doing power rankings between now and late August, and we're going full bore into it. And this one I think is going to hit a lot of people in the Acadiana area a certain way. Especially if you live in Lafayette. I've lived in Lafayette my whole life, full disclosure. And I'll kind of explain why this came up in conversation. Is that I started talking, because full disclosure, you you listen to Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, you know I deal with Miguez and Mesh every day. And they are much younger than me. I'm 33, they're in their 20s. Odds are they missed out on a lot of stuff that I grew up with. And that's why this all came up, because I was reminiscing about the old days, back when you had the Northgate Mall was really good. The Northgate Mall had a lot of stuff. The Northgate Cinema, Northgate Theater, like all that stuff. Uh, Westwood Theater, off of uh, Congress. Not off Congress, excuse Yeah, off Congress. My, my brain just couldn't think straight. Thinking about all this stuff, uh, sparking up the nostalgia. Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. And with this being the first ever edition of it, I'm like, why not break out this? The top five restaurants I miss the most. And if you've got some, 337-706-0111. 337-706-0111. I've got some ARVs also receiving votes for those who don't pay attention to the top 25 votes here. But I'm going to get to the top five. 
if you've got some inclusions that I'm missing out on, maybe you're a lot older than me. Maybe you have experienced more in your life than yours truly, the world-famous CD. And trust me, you probably have. Call me up and give me yours. Hell, you don't have to give me a top five. Just give me the biggest thing you miss in terms of a restaurant that used to be here in the Acadian area. Or hell, if you're listening out in Lake Charles, there's a place that I'm not mentioning. Because again, I don't know the Lake Charles area as much as you do out there in listener land. So if you got some, come give us some at 337-706-0111. It's 10.06, perfect time to get hungry right before lunchtime. So why not step your game up and step into the plate and talk about some of the legendary establishments you missed from back in the day. And I'll start off with number five. And this one's a more recent one over the last decade or so. And this one saddens me that it's no longer here. Golden Walk. This Chinese buffet that used to be near where Rouse's is now, that was the place to be. That was fantastic. It's on another it was on another level of Chinese buffet, especially here in the area. Always legit stuff. Always would go there back in the day. Like any time of year we'd go. Every couple every like few months or so we'd wind up going. Especially during like its peak. And we'd go there. The buffet was always on point. The egg rolls were fantastic. There's some other things that were like just overall great. The ice cream machine, unlike McDonald's, always worked. And again, if you have a buffet, you got to have an ice cream machine. And if you have it that works really well and you're able to kind of go a little freestyle with it, this that's a place to be in my book. But in terms of the overall food, the aesthetics, this is a strong-ass number five in my book. And I'll also throw out one more. It's not necessarily going to wind up being in the ARV, but I'll go ahead and mention since it was right next to it before Rouse's took over. And that's Baja Grill. A little underrated. Like, I had it once or twice. But the experience I had was good. And that alone kind of puts it over the top. It puts it in that consideration for the top 10 list. But this is a top 5 list, and it just misses out on the ARVs. I wanted to throw that out there as well. And number 4, there's a reason why this one's in that list, in this top 5 list. Bar none, and it's because Burger Time is no longer eligible for the list. A year ago, year or two ago, 100% would have wound up on the list. During the pandemic, this would have been the number, like, three. This probably been number three or number two. But Burger Time, no longer on the list. I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. And also, hot take, it's good. It's still good. Burger Time, the, the rebooted version, it's still good. Not necessarily as great as it was. But again, that's sometimes nostalgia plays a huge factor in your remembrance of things. But it's still a good burger, not necessarily as great as it was. Mind you, again, nostalgia plays a big factor in this. But Mr. Cook had some heat too. People don't talk enough about Mr. Cook back in the day. The it's the bet one of the better fast food joints we had back in the day. And again, this was pre McDonald's, Wendy's. You know, Whataburger, you name it. Kind of really taken over. Because I can remember seeing when they were building the McDonald's off University. Right up, right by the interstate. I remember when they were first building that. When it was the combination Chevron and McDonald's. I lived not far from there, so I always 
would see every day you get closer and closer, and they had a giant-ass McDonald's sign just go all the way up damn near to the heavens. And that's when you start to realize more and more of those smaller, and I'm using small loosely in terms of chains, but Mr. Cook was always some damn good stuff, would always go there. Maybe a little more than burger time, but Mr. Cook brought some heat. Looks like we got somebody on the hotline right now, so I'll go ahead and get in on the conversation. Hello, you're on Under the Dome. Yeah, uh, good morning. You able to hear me? Yeah, I'm able to hear you, brother. What's happening? Oh, not much. Okay, you're talking about these places. Now, you brought up one spot, uh, Mr. Cook. Yes. The apple jelly business. Ooh. The jelly. That that sounds, that sounds uh, damn good, brother. Those were so good. Um... Burger time, I remember Burger time. Wasn't that crazy about it back then? I'll be the first that then, but I knew a lot of people who were who loved the place. Uh, that was from way back when. But I miss I miss the kettle. You remember the kettle? I'm trying to on on Johnson Street, going down Johnson Square, the Kitty Animal Mall on the left. It, it turned it into a top car wash or something like that. I, I I vaguely remember the kettle. I probably only ate there. I mean, I was probably young when I ate there, so I don't necessarily have like I. But I I vaguely remember remember that one. And I think there was a location maybe off of James Como Road. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, the kettle. I think you just triggered something. We might have to do a little more research into that one because again, it's. Uh, that one's a little bit more out there. Like I, I'm kind of hitting more certain parts of it, but that's a, those are some really good mentions there. Appreciate the call, man. All right. Appreciate James with the shout out. A little, little the kettle. Wow, the kettle. That sounds like a like I am absolutely looking this up right now because this is something I've I probably heard of many years ago. Yeah, and he's right. They did have spots over at James Como Road. And Johnson Street, 5503. So, yeah, like, it's wild to see that kind of stuff from back in the day. And, again, that's what this conversation's about. If you want to get in on it, 337-706-0111. But I think Mr. Cook, absolutely. He brought the jelly biscuit. I think that immediately solidifies itself. And, and like, even as a kid, again, that's a big reason why I'm talking about this. Because this stuff happened, and this stuff was around when I was a kid. The like kids meal equivalent, that was some damn good stuff. So we got some more callers. Again, this is something that I'm hoping jumps a segment. If it doesn't, whatever, we got time and content to talk about. A lot like Jim Rome, I got takes for days. I got content for days, weeks, months, and years. That's why I'm here. But we go out to the game hotline right now. Hello, you're on Under the Dome. Shady Steakhouse in Abbeville. Oh, that that sounds really good, man. Why don't you kind of run down and I like what was so great about the menu? Because again, I I had never been, but but chat me up on that real quick. They serve three steaks, all ribeyes, different sauces. Um, you had you had steak, salad, and bread. Sometimes sometimes that's all you need, right? Hey, back then, yep. Exactly. It's it's wild because I I see these pictures all the time. I appreciate the call, by the way. I see these pictures pop up from time to time about like the old old, not like the menu they had like five ten years ago. No, I'm talking like twenty thirty years ago. The old McDonald's menu, 
how basic it was, but at the same time, people loved it. But going back to what I was saying about Mr. Cook, the kids' meal equivalent they had back in the gap, outstanding. And we're keeping this bad boy rolling, brother. Sometimes when you have a conversation about things you miss and you spark up nostalgia, the conversation, the phone lines flow through. Hello, you're on Under the Dome. Hey, this is halftime. Halftime. What's good, brother? Oh, man. about old school restaurants. I'm a big Mr. Cook man. Mr. Yes. Cook used to be right down the street from me, and I would walk there. I love not just the not just the jelly biscuits. I love the like the big breakfast that they had, the flatter. Mm-hmm. But as a, a younger man in my teens, when I was really eating a lot, I still eat a lot now. But we know when you're a young man, you have that appetite. Look like you could just go for days. Yep. Oh, I, I know. Huh? I know all too well, brother. <laughs> uh, I, you got to mention Ryan's. You have to mention Ryan's. Ryan's buffet. Ryan, you remember that? Ryan's. Yep. All right, I appreciate the call at halftime. You brought up Ryan's. Ryan's is in my ARV. Is in the also receiving votes column. I appreciate the call halftime. Ryan's is in the ARV. And I think it's the fact that like whenever I had it, it was it was mid. It was middle of the road for me. It wasn't necessarily the best, but it also has like attached to me it's an attachment in terms of like my memories growing up like sometimes we'd go out for a baseball game or whatever I have distinct memories of that place so it winds up getting there almost solely off of nostalgia but it deserves to be in the ARV I'm with you to halftime I appreciate the call halftime brought in Ryan's strong ass call number three I'm breaking out a big gun here there is one other one that I didn't include in the ARV, and I'm kicking my own ass because I'm thinking about it during this segment where we had another guy from Abbeville bringing up his place. But I'm, I'm going to save that for more for the next segment. Number three, Luther's Barbecue. I remember going to this place a handful of times when I was growing up, and this was off Congress. Again, that shopping center had some heaters in terms of food joints. They've got the agave now. It's I think it was more... Closer to where, uh, um, not agave, uh, Freddy's custard was steak burgers. Freddy's steak burgers, that place. It's right. It was right around there. And that place had some damn good barbecue. Handful of times, I think I went with her a couple times when I was younger. But the place was good, and it was very much like a gritty down home type place. I remember they burnt down many moons ago, and they never rebuilt it, and it, it stunk that that came to an end. That shopping center had some heat. And still does. Again, Agave's damn good place. Freddy's Steak Burgers, it, that, if that's your thing, go check it out. No advertisement there. I'm just saying. They had some good places back in the gap. Number two, I got to throw out Bennigan's. If I don't, I'm going to get heat from somebody in my family for not bringing up Bennigan's. Because the Monte Cristo was one of the best menu menu items they ever had. That's where I'm at. But but seriously, Bennigan's, do I need to say any more? St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day at Bennigan's, the green beer, are you kidding me? That, that could very well put it in a stratosphere in and of itself, any other place. that ben, And that was one of the best performing Bennigan's from what I've been able to research about that place. That was one of the best performing ones before... The housing market collapsed, and the market kind of crashed and tanked, and we got into the Great Recession of 2008. And that was a sad day. 
when they close it. They they shuffle through a few different restaurants before they landed on where they're at now. Haven't been since they kind of switched from Bennigan's into the bunch of different places they were. I know Tilted Kilt was one of them. They they had some good stuff. But Bennigan's was an absolute heater. And just talking about the Monte Cristo is probably getting a lot of you hungry out there. Number one with a bullet. Number one. Poncho's Mexican Buffet. That place holds so much memories to me as a kid. Raising the flag. The food was always on point. The right, I, I'm just thinking about that, and I'm like, God, I want some of that in my life. And it's almost every like six, seven months. I'm like, man, I wish we had ponchos. Because like I had friends, my mom's friends would wind up. They were from, they were living in Baton Rouge, so they would come over every now and again, and we'd go eat over there. It'd be every few months or so, on like a Friday night. That place was amazing. It's always going to be at the top of my list of. Food joints I missed. Their arcade was great. It's an icon of an establishment. I can't help but to think of, again, at least once a year. And now I'm thinking about it. God, I'm getting hungry. And again, that's what happens when I talk about food. And you know me well enough. I'm down to 247 pounds, but I'm still conditioned to go ahead and, and chat out a little bit on some good food. A lot like our guy, Gerald Grunig of KLFY out there eating all the great food out there, and still looking good. But I'll go ahead and throw out my also receiving votes here. We'll take a quick timeout, and we'll come back with more. Actually, you know what? We'll take one more call. And then, no, we got we got two on the line, actually, so we're going to go ahead and waste no time. Go out to the game hotline. Hello, you're under the dome. We'll take these two calls. Take a quick timeout. You're up. Okay. Not to say how old I am, but I actually played American Legion ball for Mr. Cook. Really, we missing one. We missing one place off of the Mall Street, the old Pizza Village. Oh, well, I mean, here's the thing: Pizza Village. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Pizza Village still exists, though. So it's like, yes, do, yes, does it yes, does yes. it does it really count in the sense? I get where you're coming from, though. That's a really good call. Yeah, okay, all right. I appreciate it. again. It still exists, so maybe like it it counts, but it doesn't count. So let's go out to the game hotline right now. Hello, you're on Under the Dome. All right, Mr. Dalton. Maybe that was our guy Dylan. But we'll go ahead and go out to the hotline one more time before we take a quick timeout because we got John Eric Poli coming on about 1030. So let's get to the hotline right now. Hello, you're on Under the Dome. Yes, yeah, so I kind of heard your list kind of late. I heard Binnikin. Yep. Um, yep. And I uh, heard um, Pancho's. Uh, did you say Pizza Playhouse? Did that make it? Wait, which one? Pizza Playhouse. Remember that? Pizza Playhouse? That, pizza? that might have been a little bit before my time. Again, I'm 33, so I may not have gone there. Wait, I'm trying to think. Pizza Playhouse, was that like, was that what Chuck E. Cheese was before Chuck E. Cheese? Where Hooters is now? Uh, no, that's that's Showbiz Pizza. Thank you. I, I couldn't remember. But no, I don't, I don't think I ever went to Pizza Playhouse. Yeah, Pizza Playhouse was uh, it was on um, Cotty Saloon, uh, somewhere near, I forgot the name of that, Side Street. Uh, near the movie theater, uh, okay. Pagana, there's an establishment there. I'm not on. I don't want to say it, but yeah, there's a uh, somewhere. Yeah, somewhere off of College Saloon. Let's put it. Let's put it around there. Uh, uh, yeah. What what made your list, man? I know you said Bennington. What else yeah. you said? I'll recap it real quick, and then I'll get. Then I'll take a time out and go through my ARV real quick. Also receiving right. votes. It's number five, Golden Walk. Number four, Mister Cook. Burger Time would have made the list if it didn't come back last year. 
Number three, Luther's Barbecue. Number two, Bennigan's. And number one, Poncho's by a mile. Yeah, the bread and the honey at Poncho's was uh, something else. Oh, it was it – was... um, Go ahead. Yeah. Thank, thank you, man. No, no, that's good. I appreciate it. If you still want to get into the conversation, this is what I was talking about. It's the phrase I love hearing Jim Rome say, jump the segment. Let's try and jump the segment. If you've got some ones that did not pop up here, again, Ryan's was already mentioned. It's in the ARV. I'll break down my also receiving votes and also include the one that I'm kicking my own ass not bringing up in the also receiving votes when I wrote this down earlier in the week. We'll talk about that next right here on the game. 103.7 Live Kit and 104.1 Lake Charles. John Eric Poli joining at the bottom of the hour previewing UFC 275 back after this. After all your problems during the week, it's finally the weekend. Woo! Yeah, baby! That's what I've been waiting for. That's what it's all about. That means you're getting more under the dome with CD right now. On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We got John Eric Poli joining the program in a few minutes. A little bit of a shorter segment here because we got to get some UFC talk in our lives. UFC 275 tonight. I mentioned earlier, I'm going with the current women's champ. Like She absolutely is going to whip up. Valentina Shevchenko, absolutely untouchable in the octagon. Got to go with her winning her fight tonight. It's headline by a big fight with Glover Teixeira. But before we get to all that, the game's birthday bash is... Coming up on June 22nd, and this is your invite to party with us as we celebrate 10 years of being Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. So join us at Buffalo Wild Wings on Ambassador Caffrey on June 22nd. Delicious wings, amazing door prizes, and also everybody's favorite 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles personalities, including a live edition of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh from the party. So join us from 5 to 9 on Wednesday, June 22nd, from 5 to 9, for the game's 10th birthday bash. I appreciate all the interaction. Because, again, this show doesn't get that many callers. I don't know why. Don't understand it. But sometimes you just let people, let the conversations flow like wine or, or like water. Let's just go ahead and put it that way. Let these conversations flow out. And if you've still got an old-school restaurant that you miss, hit me up, 337-706-0111. I'll run through my top five list one more time in case you miss it, in case you're just tuning in. And if you are just tuning in, you missed out on a lot of fun and remembering some of the old restaurants that used to be around. I'll go top five in order. Number five, Golden Walk. Number four, Mr. Cook. That one got a lot of people talking. Number three, Luther's Barbecue. This used to be on Congress. Number two, Bennigan's. If you know, you know. Number one, I think a lot of people can agree. Poncho's Mexican Buffet, that belongs in like a tier in and of itself. And my also receiving votes, 
and this stuff I wrote down earlier in the week when the conversation started coming up and I, I was able to say, you know what, screw it, we're going to do it. I know I'm going to get people talking. Is my also receiving votes. I'll go Blue Dog Cafe as one that I miss. And it's like, I didn't even think about it till I was like, they aren't around anymore, right? Because again, I used to work on that side of town. And I don't really go on that. I'm usually largely kind of staying around the Karen Crow Lafayette area. Don't normally go on towards the oil center as much anymore. So I kind of forgot that Blue Dog Cafe had closed permanently. Wound up doing a little Google, and there we go. So Blue Dog Cafe is there. Their brunch was on another level. Absolutely just great establishment in general. I'll throw down Logan's Roadhouse. As one of those chains that I, I, I liked a lot when it opened up, and now it's, it's no longer there. Definitely a fun place, and an artifact of its time, really. So Logan's Roadhouse is in there. I'm going to Karen Crow-wise here. I'm throwing in Picante's. Picante's, by far, was one of my favorite places to go to a lot in like my teenage years into early adulthood. So it holds a lot of those memories. Picante's kicked all kinds of ass and I mentioned Ryan's earlier had a lot of great memories there but I just remember the food being kind of mid like it's not the best food but the atmosphere was good so I I think it, it evens itself out if you will and I'm throwing out one more and I'm I feel like I should just kick my own ass for multiple reasons because this place had some of the best damn food. And I'm talking the original location and the Karen, the Karen Crow location they had for a while. That's now Bhutan's. Vidrine Steakhouse. By a damn mile. That, sta- you know, again, shout out to the guy who brought up his steak place in Abbeville that used to exist. This was always damn good food. Vidrine's always had like had that heat back in the day especially in the original location when they moved to character they were still good but of course they wound up closing down and again they had some damn good stuff back then that i i really feel like felt like crap when I, it hit me i was like i completely forgot about this place and i'm gonna go ahead and do some laps in the break and we'll have on john eric poli talking ufc 275 after this Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. This is Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Most sports talk shows turn it up to 10 on the amp, but Under the Dome is far from your ordinary sports talk show. It takes it just one step higher. These guys are that. Now back to the show that gets the lead out. Under the Dome with CD on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. And also your home for some great talk about the UFC right now because we've got on the line part of my MMA news. 
good friend of the program, UFC 275 tonight. And we got to bring on our good friend, John Eric Poli. John, how's it going, brother? Great, man. Really looking forward to today. For starters, it's my birthday, so 29th birthday to myself here. So I'm uh, heading to work right now. I'm actually just driving my way into work here. Going to go work for a few hours, going to dinner with the family, and then enjoy a great night of fights. I'm really looking forward to tonight's fight. It's going to be a tremendous card because you've got not one, not two, but three title fights on the main card. I mean, that alone is enough to get you hooked for a big pay-per-view right before International Fight Week next month. Before we get to that, let's take a step back and go to UFC 274. Obviously, you had the main event get marred by the weigh-in controversy that wound up causing the lightweight championship to be vacated after Oliveira retained against Justin Gaethje. But according to Dana White, right after the fight, he pretty much said, you're 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 going to the front of the line for the title fight whenever that would wind up happening. Who do you think he does face whenever that title fight does come up? Yeah, so that should be interesting. It's looking like it's gonna be Islam Makhachev. That'll be the next opponent for Charles Oliveira. Uh that hasn't been made official yet. Originally it seemed like what the UFC was going to do was they were gonna do a uh, a title elimination fight between Islam and Benil Dariush, but Right after the fight, actually, I'm not sure if you saw this or not, but Joe Rogan stopped Dana White in the back hall and goes, hey, uh, don't do that Islam Makhachev. Don't know that usual fight. Just give Islam the title fight right now. And, you know, Dana kind of likes what Joe Rogan has to say there. So it seems like things are kind of pointing in that direction. There hasn't been an official word on that yet, but uh, it seems like all roads are leading to that title match being next. I'd look forward to seeing how that kind of goes whenever that fight does indeed happen. But you've got two women's title fights tonight with Zhang Wei Li defending her women's strawweight championship and then Valentina Shevchenko, who has absolutely just been putting the light the flyweight division in a stranglehold. That those two women's fights are going to be very interesting and hopefully a lot better than the one we got last month. That title fight was an absolute abomination. Am I wrong there? Yeah, you you've got that right. That's hundred percent accurate there. Uh, yeah, that that was probably one of, if not the worst UFC title fight of, of all time. That was pretty boring. But uh, hey, Carla got it done. And the one good thing I will say that did come out of that is it does create a lot of like now new parity in that division because if Rosamund Yunus would have retained. Weili Zhang Yuani and Jenny Chak tonight doesn't have the meaning that it has really going forward because she's obviously 2-0 on both those ladies. But now, obviously tonight, uh, it's not a, a title fight, but it is a title elimination fight that has been made clear by Dana White that the winner of tonight's matchup with Yuani and Jenny Chak and Weili Zhang will indeed fight Carla Esparza next later this year. So that, that's definitely official now that it's a title elimination fight. And then, yeah, the other fight, yeah, Valentina Shevchenko and Carlos Santos. We know Valentina's going to be a big betting favorite. Uh, we know she's going to be a huge favorite to win it. I think Talia is a game opponent. Uh, but we'll see. There's been plenty of times that we've said so-and-so is going to be a game opponent for Valentina, and she's the important. So, time will tell. Talking right now with John Eric Poli, my MMA news, and I have to agree with you. It just looks like Valentina Shevchenko, she just absolutely is running that division but we're talking more about the main card. I want to flip over to some of the prelim stuff, and we do it usually. What's one fight you're looking forward to from those prelims? So I'm actually going to 
can go with the Louisiana guy uh, with Brendan Allen taking on uh, Jacob Malcoon. That should be a, uh, a real good one there. Uh, Brendan Allen in particular, too, he's been on a roll. I think he's won at least four of his last five, three of his last four, something along those lines at the top of my head. Uh, you know, that's, that's a banger fight there. Both of those guys are kind of right in that that mix where they, they probably should get a ranking next to their name, but if they don't, uh, they, they will be getting a ranked fighter in their next fight because they're right at that cusp there. Uh, but actually, one that is not on the prelims, this is on the main card, but I do want to actually touch on real quick if I can. Uh, it's going to be Jake uh, Della Maddalena. He's going to be opening up the main card tonight. He's normally a guy you would see on the prelims. It's only his second UFC fight. The UFC thinks so highly of him that they're letting him open the main card. That's a huge honor for him. Uh, he's Australian. There's been a big buzz out of Australia about this kid. I did interview him before the fight, and he seems calm, cool, collected, and he could be uh, be a big player here in the 155-pound division in the future. So uh, that is one fight. I know it's not on the prelims. That's the main card one, but definitely one to kind of have circles there. It definitely is one that stands out to me. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, you brought up brought up the Lafayette boy, the local kid. I can't wait to see how he does. Brandon Allen, uh, southeastern Louisiana alum at that. Definitely going to be a lot of fun to see him and how he comes up in this prelim match. But you know, one of the the only other match that we haven't really gotten to is the main event with Glover Teixeira defending his light heavyweight championship. Definitely one of the more interesting divisions in the UFC. How do you see this one going and I can't Glover retain? Yeah, so this is a very interesting match because Jiri Prohashka is probably, like where everybody keeps calling him a, sa- a samurai, yeah, that's a very accurate statement. Just the way how he moves, that strong line that he has, the look that he has. But we've been saying it time and time again, whenever Glover the sheriff fights, it always becomes, all right, well, we know Glover's going to, except getting hit a few times just to be able to get in close up and get in and get that takedown. It's can he handle the storm and be able to get the takedown? And so far, and what, what's he on a six-fight win streak, is it? I mean, he's been able to do it. So it's going to be another matchup just like that where can Glover to share and get this fight down on the canvas and, and do what he does best, or is he going to try coming in and Jerry's going to take his head off? So it's kind of one of those matchups. If I was a betting man, I would probably lean towards Jerry Prohoshka just because he's on quite a run here. He's 20-3 as a pro. I mean, his two UFC, he's only had two UFC fights, but two brutal knockouts in it. He seems to be the real deal. He's a big guy for that division. He's standing around 6'3", 6'4". He's real long. He has he has the makings of being a real serious guy in that division. So I would, I, I would think he's Probably going to be a slight betting favorite tonight. I'm not sure. I haven't checked the odds on it, but uh, you know, I would I would think Jerry's going to be a slight betting favorite. It'll be intriguing to see that fight tonight. But I want to flip it over to obviously the local boy that hasn't fought in a hot minute, and that is going to be one Dustin the Diamond Poirier. And there's people out there, including American Top Team coach Mike Brown, that wants to see him kind of move on from the lightweight division and, and try his hand at welterweight where he could be a lot more dangerous inside the octagon and maybe move out of a incredibly crowded lightweight division. Again, we talked about it. Islam Makachev going to be going at it with probably Oliveira for the undisputed UFC lightweight title, and that, that division just stacked regardless. Could you see Poirier move to the welterweight division? And if so, like, 
what could be when could his next fight be? Because I think we're all kind of just waiting with anticipation, seeing when Poirier gets back in the octagon. Yeah, so actually earlier this week, it's funny you bring this up. There was a whole bunch of buzz saying that uh, it, he might be fighting uh, Justin Gaethje in a rematch, actually, uh, I believe in August. But I don't think that has ever actually been confirmed by anybody. It was just, I think, more or less one of those like MMA Twitter blowing up, maybe making something out of nothing type of a thing. But if that's the case, obviously he'd be staying in the lightweight division. But... Uh, uh, as far as a welterweight matchup goes, I know there's been kind of that rumor that he was offered Colby Covington and Colby didn't exactly accept it, but Colby did call out Dustin. So kind of interesting there. Um, the big thing, though, is, you know, if he does move up to welterweight, it, it's it's going to be a tough matchup for him there. I mean, obviously Colby Covington's, you know, if, if Kamaru Usman's 1A champion – Covington's 1B after the two fights those two guys had. That's that's a tough night out. A lot of those guys in that top five of that division might be a tough night out for him. Uh, obviously, he's one of the best guys in the world. He is capable of beating those guys, but it's it's not an easy task. So he has a lot to weigh out with those options there. If he does go that Justin Gaethje route, though, I mean, a win right there probably puts him right in that title mix because obviously we know he did fight Charles Oliveira and lost, but he only fought him once and lost. Obviously, if Charles Oliveira is going to go ahead and fight Islam Malkachev, Islam seems to be the real deal. Everybody's calling him Habib 2.0. So, obviously, we see a title change hands there. Dustin hasn't fought Islam. That's a matchup that's wide open right there for him. So, obviously, I'm sure the drawing board has a lot of things he played out in the Poirier household. But, uh, yeah, it should be an interesting thing to decide. If I was him, though, I think probably the 155 route might be possibly – uh, more beneficial to him because I think there's a lot more uh, the the road to the title would be a lot I would say easier than it would be if you went to 170 pounds. John, thank you so much for coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road. Happy birthday! Hopefully you enjoy it. I don't know you will because you're gonna be enjoying all the great UFC 275 action, and more importantly, don't party too hard, brother. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. I plan on enjoying a few beers while I watch the fights tonight. And uh, just before I head out, i got to say, I am absolutely stoked for this Ioani and Jacek Weili Zhang rematch. I know it's three rounds. That might throw a bit of a wrench into things. I know a lot of people want to see this be a big rematch, uh, you know, like it was for the first fight. But, I mean, I- I'm just I'm so excited for that matchup. I interviewed Ioana before the fight, so uh, go ahead to my main news and check that out. She's a, she's a great interview. and. It's going to be a great fight. So uh, thanks again for, for having me on. I appreciate it. Always willing to have you on, brother. That is uh, John Eric Poli, my MMA news. Obviously out there on the road, but always great to have that guy on this show. And if you missed anything from this show, especially the last half hour, you missed out on a great conversation about food. I got to say, when that's up on demand, it'll be up not long after we sign off here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. I'll have that up for you, and you'll be able to enjoy all of that and so much more. We got one more segment to go, and I got one final take. And a lot like this last hour, largely has nothing to do with sports. It has something to do with, I think, etiquette people are forgetting and not knowing, hey, don't leave just yet. Maybe it does have something to do with some sports, because I'll get to that in a minute. 
You're listening to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, your home for the Tigers and Astros in southwest Louisiana. Before we close up shop here on Under the Dome, CD has just one more take to fire off before he drops the mic. Is it going to be a take that lands on the Scoville scale? Or is it going to be as cold as the pizza in your fridge? Let's listen in and find out. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And guess what? We're also your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Before we got out of here, I got one final take to unleash onto the masses. And I'll just quickly explain my thought process behind this. And this is coming from, from somebody who is a Marvel movies fan. I've learned and I've been conditioned to stay until the very end. I've been conditioned that way for a long time now to stick around to the end of the movie. And every time I see somebody leave the movies, like literally credit start, they're gone. I, I can't vibe with that guys. I, I just, I just can't. I don't understand why people continue to do that. Why that's a thing in 2022. But here, here's where the crux of all this comes from. So Thursday night, I go to the Brooks and Dunn concert. And it was a fantastic show. Shout out Dylan Carmichael and Jordan Davis. They put on a really good show. I don't, I, people know me well enough. I'm not necessarily the biggest modern country music fan. But in terms of Brooks and Dunn, that's 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 where my like sweet spot is. Because it's that 90s, early 2000s type vibe. That's when stuff was still good. Then we you throw in Florida Georgia line, all went to hell in a handbasket. Hot take right there. So get to the performance of Brooks and Dunn. Their set was fantastic. They they played all the hits, played Neon Moon, which is one of my favorite songs from them. Probably one of my favorite country songs ever. And then we get to the last song of the set, or before the encore, and I immediately see people leave early. Like, I'm seeing people immediately make their way over to the exit. And I sit there in my chair, and I'm like, they're like, thank you, Lafayette, have a good night. And I was like, y'all really going to leave? Y'all don't know how this works? The second that happens, it's like, well, everybody started to make their way towards the exit. And they, they start acting like they're leaving. Then they come back about two minutes later, and they get in the boot scooting boogie. And that's a great rendition. They do only in America, wrap it up. But it continues to boggle my mind why you leave early. I understand you want to try and beat traffic. But if you've ever been to a concert or any live event at the Cajun Dome, you know you're going to be stuck waiting to get out no matter what, right? So what's the point? Like, realistically, what's the point of you, like, trying to, quote-unquote, beat the traffic when you know you're going to wind up getting stuck because there's going to be an influx of people trying to leave now. Just stick around to the end of the concert. It's only going to be about five more minutes because they've got just two songs left in the set in terms of the encore. And this is coming from somebody who has been to 
more than enough concerts to understand how it goes, understand how the pace goes. They're always going to get their encore in. They're always going to do this stuff. And I'll say this. There were, as I like to say, butts in every 18 inches of that cage dome on Thursday night. And it was a great atmosphere. One of my, it's not like one of my favorite concerts I've ever been to because I think that might be a conversation we have more down the road in a top five, maybe in 2023, 2024. Because I've still got some concerts I want to make sure to see before I can outright mention, hey, this is that. But, and it applies as well for like football games. Now, I'll preface this by saying that if it's like Cajuns or LSU playing a Southeastern McNeese team and you know it's going to be an ass whooping, and you know, like, you see the score and it's like 35 14 or 35 7 heading into the fourth quarter, you have every right to leave. You have every right to leave if it's an ass whooping. But if it's a heated conference matchup, you do not leave the stadium until the end of the game, until the clock strikes triple zeros. That's just my general rule of thumb. I want to throw that out there. And that's just a general statement I'm going to say right now. Do not leave early at any event that you go to because what's the point? You're going to wind up getting stuck waiting for everybody else to leave. And mind you, again, this comes from somebody who used to cover the Cajuns, used to cover teams and stay well after the game's over. Trust me, I know. Don't believe me? See all the stuff we've done over the years. Telling you. Just don't leave before the clock strikes triple zeros. I guarantee you, you'll have better stories to tell. Appreciate everybody listening in. Appreciate everybody calling in, especially about the top five segment. And maybe, just maybe, we'll have a better one this time next week. Until then. I'm out. See you next Saturday, 9 to 11, right here on The Game. You're home for the Astros and the LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, we are...